0: Good morning, everyone.
1: Good to see everybody, and I suppose we are ready. Uh, am I getting a thumbs up from back there? Ish? Okay. <laughs> All right, well, good morning. Let's, uh, let's rise together and sing. We're going to start our service with a song as we normally do. We're going to sing Love Lifted Me. Let's lift our voices this morning. in far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more, but the master of the sea, heard my despair and cry, from the waters lifting me, I say am I, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could have, un- love lifted me, Love lifted me when nothing else stood out. Love lifted me all my heart to him I give, ever to him I claim In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing, love so mighty and so true, there it's my soul's best song. Faithful love and service due to, to Him belong. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could up love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. when nothing else could up love lifted me. in danger. Look above. Jesus completely saved. He will lift you by His love out of the angry way. He's the master of the sea. Pillars his will obey. He your Savior wants to be saved today. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could have. Love lifted me. Lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could have, love lifted me.
0: If you're glad to be in God's house this morning. Say amen. Yeah hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you that could be here today. And for those who are watching by live stream, praise God for you as well. I'm glad you could join us that way or the YouTube channel. Uh, God is good. Amen. Amen. And it's great that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he's in their midst as well. Now, obviously everybody thinks they're a visitor because you sat down and you know we're about to pray. But anyway... As we go to the Lord in prayer, let me just put out there, Ms. Carolyn, if you did not know, she lost her brother this past week, and she is doing well. She knows, He was a godly man. She knows where he is now. However, I told her as she's watching from uh, home in the live feed that we would make sure to lift up uh, her family in prayer. Also, too, Pam Hollingsworth wanted to be with us today, but she threw her back out, it seems, so to, she asked if we would pray for her as well. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and guys, let's go ahead and stand, and, and I always believe that we just go to the Lord standing if we can, but if you want to sit, that's fine as well, but let's go to the Lord. Father God, I come before you right now to thank you for this opportunity we have to gather in your house and to be able to openly proclaim your righteousness in a world today that is, that is afraid and panicked and, and in many ways in areas dark and dreary, Lord God, I just pray right now that your grace, your mercy, your power will be made evident throughout the land. May those who are in the powers to have control over the, the actions of people, may those who are on the first lines of this uh, disease response, Lord, this virus, may you just touch them and give them wisdom, give them direction, give them guidance, give them protection, Lord God. Father, we do pray for all our first responders. May you just give them the wherewithal to know that they are appreciated and that you're there with them as well, Father. And I just pray your name be lifted up and glorified through all this ordeal, Father. As this debacle plays out across our land, this, this virus plays out across our land. May it become. May every eye eventually turn towards you, and may your grace and your majesty be lifted up, Father. We ask your praise and your 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 grace to pour out upon this service today, Lord God. May we truly praise your name, glorify you, edify one another. But may we leave here today knowing that we didn't just come to a church service. We came and stood in the presence of our Lord and our Savior. Be with those that are watching from distance, Lord God, and let them know that we love them, that we care for them. But even more, you love them and you care for them as well, wherever they are. Father, may your will be done. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, normally I would say, let's walk around a minute, but we're not. What we're going to do today is the parade wave. Amen? There you go. to on another. And also, too, let me just put out there, if you wasn't told from outside, the CDC says that it's great if you would want to keep six foot between you. Now, I said that. That's up to you what you do with that. And, and just understand that's what the CDC says is the safe thing to do. That's right. Husbands are... Wives are telling their husbands... To, Get on the other end of the aisle. I asked my wife, are we touching? And she said, no. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. I do have a few announcements I'm going to throw out there. I know it throws the echo in here and the not walking around, things of that nature, throws the uh, out of kilter a little bit. But isn't it great that it's not about an agenda or how we do things? It's about Christ. Amen. Amen. I do have a few announcements. If the men's fishing retreat and the ladies' spa retreat, they have been moved. They are now going to be put uh, to August 7th and 8th. So um, if if you're still able to be a part of that, make sure they get with Brother Ray and let him know that uh, you still want to be a part of that coming up in August. Also too, if you did not know, we do live stream the services and you can go back later and watch it on the website as well. they, They are posted there. And right now we have a radio station, 88.9. If you are wanting to sit in your car outside and listen to it by radio or anything like that, 88.9 is broadcasting our service this morning also. Actually, we are John is broadcasting it this morning on 88.9. So we, we have several different avenues and venues to be able to get the word out there. The primary thing is I want you to feel safe, and that you are doing what God's calling you to do. And that includes those on live stream as well. The rumor came back to me, or the word came back to me that some people feel as though that they're being isolated and that we uh, do not hold them in as high a regard because they're watching by live stream. Let me say that nothing could be further from the truth. Praise God for our brothers and sisters they are using the wisdom and their direction that the Lord's given them to worship and praise God the way God's telling them to do so. Amen? So give God the glory for technology. Amen? A couple more things here, and then I'll I'll, I'll turn this over. But uh, at present, at present, we are still uh, going to have our sunrise services, S-O-N, rise services next Sunday morning. Uh, We're going to talk about this after services today, Chris and I and, and, and Ray and figure out exactly what's going on, but 6.30 is is when we're going to have our service, and that way the sun rises as we are having service out there. Now, the changes, we always have had the men come together and do a pancake breakfast thereafter. We're not going to do the breakfast this year, so we're going to have the 6.30 sunrise service, but I still want to have the 11 a.m. service as well, so I don't know if you want to go home and come back, But that way we are still reaching those that are tuning in at 11 a.m. with a message also. So 6.30 sunrise service, then we have a break of some sorts, and then um, the 11 a.m. service thereafter. One more thing, and this is kind of a little house cleaning thing, and and I'm saying this now, I'm kind of stepping in as, I'm not stepping out of the role as pastor, but I am kind of just presenting myself as Frank Pomeroy right now to you guys, because the rumor that's been rolling around is that I don't believe that the virus is real. Guys, I have never said any such thing. I do know that this is real. There are details and things out there that maybe are up for grabs. I don't know. I'm not. That's not my wheelhouse. The virus is real. It is absolutely real. The reason why we are opening the church sanctuary for just one hour on Sunday mornings, guys, again, there are people out there who have are watching their small businesses go away. There are people that with the panic and the fear and the anxiety that's being proclaimed on our our 24-hour news media about the death rates, death rates, death rates, and rarely do you hear about the the people who are getting well and those huge numbers of people that are doing good, but still it's driving people into despair. And most, I want to make sure the church is open at least that one hour a day, not just for those people to be able to come together and realize and recognize, because there are people, this is their only church family too. There are those who long for that touch and that prayer to get them through a trial in a time such as this. But also too, and this is, those are driving points in my decision, but here's the main driving point. As I pray and I thought about the lost in the world that are being amped up and in fear and in panic mode, The message should not just be for those who are affluent enough to own a computer and have an email address or a website address. That we need, as the church, to be able to stand in a position so that those in the community will look to the building. And and I know it's not about this building. The building's not the church. But yet those in the community, how do they see the church that do not know Christ? They are going to say, I remember when I was a kid, the church was open on Sunday. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I want to know the Lord. I want them to have a place at some point in the week that they will be able to go and say, I remember from when I was young that my God was in this place. And this is what we are here for. Amen. I am not trying to be obstinate. In fact, I think otherwise. I have gone over and above compromise in the things, in the choices that I've made. I am continually defending my choices. But I am doing so scripturally and I'm doing so to the best of my ability because now I'm not breaking any laws. And as long as I, Romans says that we are to adhere to the laws of the land and respect the government officials that have been placed over us. I will do such. But in so doing, that does not mean sequester ourselves from the world who needs to know that there's still a light in the darkness, that there's still a difference between those who trust in the Lord and those who who are lost in a dying and darkened world. They need a place to go. And even if it's just Chris and I, we'll make sure that there's a place that they can go as long as the law allows us to do so. Amen? Amen. All right, I hope that explanation did not go overboard, but I want you to know that it has nothing to do that I've become a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. The names that have been called this past week or so has been um, very interesting. And, and one person I even said, do you realize where I come from? Do you realize the conspiracy theorists we had to deal with? I know what those are. And no, I'm not one. We are here to glorify Christ. We are here to lift up his name in a darkened world, because if we lift his name, that's all we're called to do. Because what did he say he would do if we did that? Draw all men on the name. You lift my name, I will draw all men onto me. That's all we're here doing, guys. So praise the Lord for each one of you. And we're going to, and I know that this is a rather different type of Palm Sunday, but I'm going to call David to come up, and all those that uh, have the little palm branches, we don't have our children to be able to march in with them today, And uh, this morning, Abby cut us all out some palm branches, or some of us, and those, so Abby handed them out. So if you have your palm branches, you can either come up or you can wave them, but we're going to do our palm branches as if the kids were laying them down as David comes and brings our scripture reading this morning. Father God, I do lift up my brother to you, and may we hear you through him as we hear about that victorious entry, Lord God. May your will be done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, the people were calling out Hosanna as they were waving their branches. Amen? Amen.
2: And I'll get right to that point. So I don't have my shirt on that says, hello, church, but hello, church. (laughs) So if we were to run to Mark, Mark 11, we could start in verse 1. And I just want to say, We just did a really fine study on Thursdays. We got through about two and a half months ago of the book of Mark. And I was grateful the way this timing worked that it was my turn to do this scripture reading today. So the Bible says, now, when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. He said to them, go to the village opposite you. And as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has a sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it there. So they went on their way and found the colt tied by the door outside the street. They loosened it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing? Loosening the colt. And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded. So they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and they threw their clothes on it. And he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road. And cut down leafy branches, amen, uh, from, from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before him and those who followed crying out saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna is the highest. Verse 11, I want to finish this with just verse 11 and say, And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. He didn't actually go all the way into the courts of the temple. or He stayed in the outer courts. So when he looked around and, uh, at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany and with the twelve. I'm not going to run a 13-minute service today, but I want to just run real quickly to John 14. Right now, if you happen to listen to our Facebook page, the First Baptist Church Facebook page on Thursdays, we're in the middle of a pretty decent study on... Uh, The first epistle of John, John, chapter 2. Frank alluded to this just now about the light. That we want to stay in the light of the Lord. Well, that's exactly what John speaks from chapter 1 through chapter 5. But in John, the gospel, there's not really a story about this particular event that we just spoke of. But there is a picture that's being painted by John leading up to what Jesus is going to. He's eventually going to be cru- crucified. I like to say it's the beginning of the end of the beginning, if you get that. And so in John 14, 1, these, these are some verses that, that we should really just have so adamantly memorized or at least know these verses and know what they represent. So I want you to imagine, he's, he's just left the temple and he's going to go back, and he's talking to some of his disciples, and he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's where he's going. He rode in on that donkey, just like a king would ride in. And yet, what he's fixing to do is he's fixing to walk up to the cross of crucifixion, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way you know. And just because we have to have one question by one of the disciples, Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He rides out on that donkey, riding in as, as, a, as a king, because he is the king of kings. But he rides in homely and humbly. And he'll end up being literally put on that cross on his own accord to die for us. That's what this is leading up to next Sunday. But what was all that for? Thomas asked, we don't know. We don't know where you're going. We sure don't know the way where we don't know where you're going. He says, I'm the truth, the way, and the life. No one can go from here where we're at today if we don't go through Jesus to get to God. Thank you. I want to pray. Father in heaven, sometimes these simplistic messages are just that. But I pray that our hearts can understand how simple it is to trust in the Lord Jesus, and to stand and stay in the light, to be what I've said on Thursdays, to be that person that comes out and we can be that difference maker. We can be that person that the world sees, not just that we love Jesus, but we love our fellow man, but we love what Jesus did for us. So we know where we're going to go. And we know that those mansions are being prepared for you and me that trust and call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.
1: All right, well, uh, thank you, David, for that great segue into this song. <laughs> now, uh, you know, it, it comes to be this time of year, and, and we start thinking about uh, Easter and, and the cross and things like that. And uh, you, you may not be very familiar with this song, but, uh, but don't mistake the words. Uh, but this is Beauty of the Cross, and we'll sing it together. <coughs> At the cross I find the beauty of your matchless grace At the cross I see a king who died to take my place It's the moment that you've made me clean and in my soul Amazing grace that I would be allowed unto your throne not by my own will but solely by your will alone I'm unworthy of this love you have shown to me I see my desperate need The beauty of the cross is that there's one who has redeemed my soul The beauty of the cross is that I'm finally free and led. Praises found me just as I am. Not by my own works that I may boast or I may come, but simply through your Son, the sinless and exalted One. Only through the cross am I made clean to draw me to you. So that you would receive all glory to your name Everlasting God from age to age you never change A true love story remains for all eternity Yeah. Bye. Bye.
0: to you this morning? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 this morning. You know, as I was praying about the message for this morning, I understand that this is Palm Sunday. And normally that's where we would go. We'd have a triumphant entry style of message, something to point that out. And as I was praying about what the Lord would have me to preach about this week, he kept bringing it back to my mind, something that we are are, are, that's really hurting folks and, and touching into our lives. And and I started thinking, Lord, I, 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 but this is your triumphal entry weekend, that time we celebrate that week, that Palm Sunday. And and I felt like God was saying, what is a better triumphal entry to, than to let people remember that in the midst of their trials, I'm still there. Amen. And that is a triumph that we can take a part of, amen? It's a triumph that's already been won, but we can continue to celebrate every day of our lives, amen now, as we get there this morning, I, I, let me start off with just a little uh, illustration now I found there was a, a young pastor who was preaching in los angeles he was a, he was his new pastorate, and he got up there and he he directed a, uh, himself well and he presented what he thought was a, a great sermon. He felt good about what had, he had done, and he went on to the back to start shaking hands and and telling people bye and just introducing and, you know, just having a great morning when this elderly gentleman walks up to him and said, you preach too long. Well, that kind of shocked him just a little bit. You know, here everybody else was giving him accolades. Everybody else was kind of saying, man, that was a great service, and he's getting all these different great ideas, and and here this gentleman says that. Well, he goes on shaking hands. Well, unbeknownst to him, the man went back and got in line again, and as he came down this time... He got in front of him and said, you preach too loud. He's like, man, well, what's wrong with this guy? And he just lets him go. Well, then he notices that the man goes and he gets in line again. Well, the man comes walking towards him and he gets up in front of him there and said, the words you use are just too doggone big. He's saying, okay, something's going on here. What's wrong with this picture? So he calls one of the deacons over and he says, deacon so-and-so, You see that man over there? Who is he? And then you say, oh, don't worry about him. He just repeats everything he hears. (laughs) Wow, we're we're not getting it this morning anyway. (laughs) But what I'm trying to present there is we're all kind of slow with, I think is that we all have worries. Pastors have their worries. You have worries. I have worries. Your worries are not the same as my worries, even though right now in the midst of COVID-19, this pandemic that's sweeping across the land, we all can focus our worries in many of the same direction. But what I wanted to present is we all worry about something at some point. We all tend to, to focus our lives and our anxieties and everything towards what means something to us. As a pastor, we Pastors tend to start thinking, what if I don't have that sermon by Sunday? Or, or we worry about, Did I, do I, am I presenting it in a way that's new and fresh? Am I, am I really, I understand what God's trying to say. Am I conveying that to the people in the way God would have me to convey it? Pastors have all these worries. But the one thing that I would say that is, even across the board, whether you're a pastor or not, doesn't change it, is What we worry about is usually something that we hold dear to us. Now, you may say, well, that's common sense. That's pretty obvious, Pastor. But yet, in a way, it's rather profound in my mind. Because as we have allowed ourselves in the last couple of weeks to become so anxious and so worried about everything we're seeing on the TV and everything we hear, we're looking for another little bit of information about this COVID-19. We're allowing our worry and our anxiety to continue to climb. And I would submit to you, I don't think most of us are worrying about ourselves, as much as we're worried about other people, we're worried about our children, our parents, our grandchildren, our, the first responders. So I, I think it's very healthy and very normal that we are, are worried about these other people. But where are we taking that worry and are we managing our worry or is our worry managing us? Because I'm starting to see stress cracks in a lot of families. I'm starting to see stress cracks in the church I had to tell a pastor just this past week, I pray that when all this is over, that we don't have those churches and these churches in a time when the church needs to become one and be leading the people. But yet these, amen. I'm seeing stress fractures everywhere. And that tells me that we are putting, though it is a great thing to worry about others, we worry about things that are important to us. It is not that we are, to allow, we are not to, to think about others, but we are not to allow the worry to override our faith. Now, the world will tell you, you know, the world's got all kinds of ideas, so, you know, don't worry, everything will be okay. Don't worry, be happy. Just, just, just don't think about it. Just stop thinking about your problems and they'll go away. Guys, the problem with all those kinds of sayings is they don't work. They might For a moment, give you some type of little bit of a a grace, but it comes back. And what happens is, when it comes back, then you feel defeated even more so because you didn't just stop worrying about it. You didn't make yourself just happy, and so therefore you 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 fall into that trap a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. Folks, those worry traps are placed by Satan everywhere, and I think in the midst of this pandemic that's sweeping across the country. We have allowed ourselves to get into a position where we're out in the middle of a worry field and we're stepping on so many worry mines when in reality there's a pathway that's laid out there. I doubt there's anybody here today who does not deal with some type of stress or worry or anxiety on some level. And I want to make sure I define what I'm talking about here when I talk about worry. First of all, understand, on this side of glory, like David shared a while ago, you come unto the Father through Jesus Christ. We're not, we, we are, he is within our presence. He has set that, set that great comforter. But one day, to be absent from the body is to be with the, present with the Lord. Until we're present with the Lord, this body has its failures. And one of those is, we tend to worry. You're not going to fully conquer it. But the thing is, you got to learn to manage it, or it's going to manage you. And that's what God lays out here. And when I think when I'm talking about worry, there's three different words you can put here. You can some people will come up and tell you, "Well, I'm worried about this." Others would come up and say, "Well, I'm I'm stressed out by what's happening in my family. I'm stressed out by by my losing my job, and I'm stressed about this and I'm stressed about that." And others that can come up and say, "You know, I'm very anxious about everything going on around me." I'm very anxious as I watch the TV and I watch politicians make these decisions for me. And, I, and I'm watching this and I'm looking at that and, and I have all these different things. Guys, those three words are all the same. When I looked up the definition, let's talk about definitions for just a minute. When I looked up the definition for worry in Webster's Dictionary, you know what it says? To be stressed out. When you look up stress, you know what it says? To be worried. So those two words are interchangeable, guys. Now you may... Uh, like one of the transla- one of the definitions that I saw out there, it said that stress is the, the feeling that when your mind overrides your body's desire it is to choke the living daylights out of somebody you think deserves it. <laughs> but you know what's funny about that definition is the word, word the Greek word that we actually get worried from is two words, and it's choke or strangle. Just say it. <laughs> we get very nervous. But you know, there's another definition, and it's the biblical definition. When we look at worried, when we look at that, that word that we have translated into worry or anxious or stress, when we look at it in the scripture, this one really holds true to me. I'm not one to actually worry about stuff per se, but this is me when I do worry, and it's to have a divided mind. That's what real, the biblical idea of, it, of, of stress, of worry, of anxiousness is. And it, affect, it affects me, because if I'm worried about something, if I'm thinking about something more than I possibly should, my mind, I could be trying to study the Scripture. And I understand this very well. I can be trying to look, read my Bible, but you know what happens if I have a divided mind? My mind keeps going back to whatever it is I'm worried about. Well, if I keep going back over here, am I really fully studying the Word of God? If I'm praying... But I have a divided mind, and my mind keeps going back to this or back to that. Am I really praying the way that I should be praying? Am I really listening for God if I'm continually going back in that divided mind? Now, it's kind of like Sherry laughs at me because she says she makes fun of me because I won't talk on the phone and drive at the same time. She said, why can't you talk and drive at the same time? I could, but here's my thought pattern. Now, if it's just to say hi, sure. But if it's a real conversation... I'm going to have to make a decision at this point to either give you my attention or give driving the attention and I'm going to choose driving rather than you. No, I like to keep my hands on the wheel. Maybe you're hands-free, but anyway. (laughs) I don't want to put my mind on that conversation. If it's a real conversation, then I owe it to whomever that individual is to stop and pull over And let's have a real conversation. Or I owe it to the other people on the road to put my focus and my concentration on my driving. That divided mind, to me, it means that one is going to get elevated above the other rather than one being always dominant over the other. Does that make sense? So so that divided mind is a trap, guys. And and what Jesus is, is telling us in the Scripture, in Matthew 6, we'll be there in just a moment, is be careful where you place your focus, how you're focusing your mind. Because right now, the traps are everywhere, and we can either focus on the traps, or we can focus on the one who's going to bring us through the traps. We can focus on all the little things that have been set out in front of us, and worry about covid-19 as a pandemic, worried about the social distancing, worrying about where I can go and where I cannot go, worrying about who's going to tell me what I can and cannot do. As Americans, we don't like being told what we can and cannot do. And there's people making decisions for us and all these things. If we allow them to, we'll start putting so much focus on them. And I wonder where our focus went on this. And we'll start having too many conversations about those traps than the one who can bring us through those traps. And we'll start focusing on all the things that's going on in the world rather than on the one who has the world as a footstool. Now, don't get me wrong. They're important. You know, when, if you've lost your job, you've lost your point of income, you've, you, maybe you have a small business. And guys, I, I'm, I know a lot of small business owners that I'm praying with and talking to as they're watching their livelihood disappear. And, and, and some of them are, have been led to a position of stress and despair that, that I, I am a very afraid of, of what's going to happen in lives. Suicided and things of this nature. And I'm trying to remind them, let's not focus on that. I know that's important. When we don't have income, we start thinking about who's going, how are we going to pay the rent? I understand. How am I going to pay the car? How am I going to pay GVC? How I, or or whoever our electric company is. We, we have all these thoughts, and those are important worries. Or maybe sometimes our worries will start centering about, rather than that particular thing, we'll worry about other people. And, and guys, uh, if you're taking care of somebody, yes, you need to worry about that person. We should think about others around us. However, I think sometimes we start thinking about other people's business more than we think about our own. I'm sorry, but that's true. We'll start worrying about, well, what are they doing? Why are they going there? Why are they doing this or why are they doing that? What are they thinking? Well, you know what? Let God deal with them and you think about yourself. There's no need for me to worry about what they are doing. There's no need for me to worry about what do they think about what I'm doing. What I need to do is in a prayerfully way seek the Lord's face, say, God, here I am and I want to worry about what you tell me to worry about. And I'm not going to worry because it's in your hands and I'm just going to do what you've called me to do. That's a position we need to get into. Now, the other worry that I think we have oftentimes, and this is a biggie, and it was even before COVID-19, but especially now with COVID-19, is that we like to to somehow worry about tomorrow. We want to worry about the the things that haven't even happened yet, especially in COVID-19. We're we're trying to, to... To put out there weeks or months ahead of time or that this is going to happen and this is going to happen and that's going to happen guys there's only one person that knows what the future holds and that's Jesus Christ when we allow ourselves to get pulled into the unknown when we allow ourselves to just worry about the future we are stepping into a trap because guess what guys there none of us we have nothing that can change that per se God's the one who's in control of that, not us. Now, I share all these worries with you because this isn't new. This isn't because of COVID-19. These worries that we hold dear about our things and about people and about tomorrow, these are not new in any way. Jesus not only knew about them, but as Matthew was writing the scriptures down here and Jesus was speaking, God touched them specifically. He made sure that we had a plan in the midst of whether it's a pandemic or in the midst of your, your, your financial situation, in the midst of, of nosy neighbors or whatever it may be, God gave us a plan and it's a very simple plan. Well, pastor, how can it be simple not to worry? The action of the plan is difficult, but the plan is actually really simple to understand. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Because we're going to see that our fears, our worries, our anxiety, our stress, nothing has changed much in 2,000 years. And notice what he says there in verse 25. This is why I tell you, because nothing has changed, we still have those same anxieties, don't worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink or your body and what you will wear isn't life more than food in the body more than clothing god said that he has given us life and he's given it to us abundantly now let's stop there for just a minute and think about that we are to live victoriously he said the world is a scary place this didn't catch, should not have caught us off guard He said, the world is a scary place, but be of good cheer, for I have conquered the world. When our faith is not divided, when our mind is not divided and put fully upon who and what he is, then I can recognize even in the midst of the battle or on the midst of the mountaintop, he's still God. And whether I'm in the trenches and having to have a fight and a battle right now, or whether I'm sitting at a table with all the brisket and barbecue I want in front of me, he's still God. God. And he's still on the throne. And Jesus is saying, don't worry about this. He's not telling us not to worry about our body as much as, where is your focus? Jesus is not saying these things don't matter. He knows they matter. He knows these matter to us. But he's saying, watch where your focus is. These are things that you worry about, and I understand that. But where is your focus? Isn't life more than having that steak, so you might have to eat beans or something, I don't know. But isn't life more when it's in me than just these physical things around you? Isn't life more than the clothes that you have to wear? But here's the problem. I think many of us have begun to think about these things, whether it be food, whether it be clothes, whether it be the future, whatever it is we worry about, we start worrying about those things and putting them more important than our faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, pastor, that, that wouldn't be me. I always have my faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, great. Have you ever been praying or reading the Bible and doing what you know you're supposed to be doing, but that worry comes in and takes your mind off of it? That's where I'm afraid we have allowed it, to, to, especially in the midst of the pandemic we're in right now, we are allowing CNN, Fox, MSNBC, whomever you want to put out there, To pull our mind away from remembering God's in control of all these things. And life is more abundant and free in him. The songs we sang this morning remind me that it's all about him. That even in the midst of whatever ugly can happen, my God's still on the throne. And he's saying, watch your focus. Those things are important, my son, my daughter. I understand those things. But don't focus on them. Focus on me. Don't focus on the traps that are set before you. Focus on me and I will pull you through. When Peter walked out onto the water, he said, I I, I just want to walk out there. Yeah, Peter. Sorry, my mind went blank for a second there. And God looked at him and said, walk to me. And as long as he kept his eyes there, everything was great. It was when he looked down at his feet that he started to sink. When we look at the traps that the the enemy sets around us, rather than the eyes of Jesus, we get pulled into those traps. So what do we do? Look at verse 26, one of my favorite verses of the Bible. And you may say, well, that's a weird verse. I'll explain in just a moment why it's my favorite, one of my favorites. Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't they, excuse me, aren't you worth more than they? Jesus is telling us here, don't worry. Instead, watch the birds. Watch the birds. I was talking to a good friend this past week and she was going through some stuff and she was telling me about how she could just listen to the birds. And I was th- thinking, anyone who knows me, when I am really angsted up and when I, th- I am amped up, I need to go outside. I need to see the birds. I need to hear the birds. You know, I didn't understand. I thought that was just who I was maybe for a while. And then I realized, I think it was a subliminal thing from studying that passage of Scripture. Because you know what happens when I go outside and I start looking at the birds? When I start looking at the flowers of the field around me and I'm listening to the birds? I'm remembering that no matter how ugly and harsh the situation may be in my life, no matter what may have happened, I may have lost loved ones, I may have lost all kinds of things, I may not know where my food is going to come from, I may not know what I'm going to wear, I don't know all these things, but guess what, the birds are still singing, the sun is still climbing, the flowers are still growing, and I know that my God's still in control, even if in my little dark world I got lost for a moment, I can refocus and say, man, You got this, God. And though my heart may be broken about something, and though I may be afraid of something, I can draw solace from the fact when I hear and see the birds, my God's still in control. And the birds still sing, and the sun still comes up. And the world doesn't stop because Frank's having a bad day. Because the United States is having a bad month. Because the world is having a bad month. I would submit to you, the world's been having a bad month for about 5,000 years or better. But my God's still on the throne. He's still in control. When we go outside and we listen to the birds, it brings peace. Or it should bring peace. Why? Because we realize God's there. He's given us an example of what we are to be. He's telling us, go and be like the birds. What, what do you mean, be like the birds? You notice the birds, in that example, they, they, they are not always trying just to accumulate things. They're happy with where they are right now. They're, they're living in the moment. They're living in the day that they are. They're not worried about tomorrow. Tomorrow. They're not worried about accumulating more than the neighbor next door. The point that Jesus is trying to make is not that birds don't work because they work very hard to supply for their little bird family, whatever, you know, what, <laughs> baby birds. I really messed that one up. But you know what I'm trying to say. They build nests, they feed, they do all this stuff. They work very hard. If somebody says don't worry because it's for the birds, tell them no, the birds don't do that. We do. These birds work very hard, but because they do not think like we do, Jesus says, look to them. Go and and, and watch them. There's three things he mentions here that they do not do that we continually do. He says, sow, reap, and store away. Now, think about that for just a minute. Birds don't do any of those things, yet God still provides for them. Now, I'm not saying that, that God says not to do these things in measure, but what about the birds? They know something that we don't know. They are exercising something that we tend to not to exercise. And that is, God gave me this moment. He gave me this moment to live and sing for him. And I will do to the best of my ability as if I'm doing it unto the Lord. And I will fly and I will sing and I will be pretty. and I will do whatever it is that God's called me to do. And you know what? He probably doesn't think this. But God's saying, thank you for doing that, birds, because the humans need to look at you. They need to see your beauty. They need to hear your song to remind them that something as simple as you still honors and respects where you came from. That, that I'm still on the throne. You see, it shows up in their lifestyle. They, they, everything they pick up, they use it, they, they, they build their nests with it. They don't, they don't have overstocked pantries of toilet paper or whatever yours may be overstocked with. You know, they get what they need and they use what they get. You know, some of us have garages that you can't drive your car into. I got a broke down one in there. Anyway, (laughs) I got the look. (laughs) Anyway, but we have so much stored away. We sow, we reap, and we store, and that's a good thing to a point But worry, when we start worrying about, do I have enough stored away? Do I have enough of this? That tends to lead to hoarding. And when you start the hoarding, when you start putting more and more stuff, all of a sudden you start worrying more and more about my stockpiles getting low. That my garage is not keeping up. That the pantry's not as full as I like it to be. And we start focusing more on on the stuff in the pantry than he who provides the stuff for the pantry. And our worry consumes us rather than us being able to sit back and say, you know, praise God. I don't know what I, what, what's going on right now, but I know my God does. And I know he'll make a path for me. Jesus is making a comparison here. He's saying how we live versus well the birds live. And he's saying the birds got it figured out and you still don't. So often we like to think of our incredible intellect and how smart we are. and Jesus came and died for us and praise God for all that. But sometimes he says, get back to being a bird brain. Get back to respecting who I am. Get back to just trusting me. He's simply saying, watch the birds. Their pantry is empty, but yet they still sing. Yours is full, and you sit, and you worry, and you hide, and you won't go and profess my name before others. How scary and sad that is. Amen? Look at verse 27. He goes on. Can any of you add a single cubit to their height by worrying? Can any of us add a year or even a month to our life by worrying? No, actually, it's the opposite. In fact, if you go and study it, it says that you, when you get anxious, when you build up that anxiety and that stress, your body produces a, 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 a thing called cortisol. It's a, um, thank you. It's a hormone that you, 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 it goes into your bloodstream and it gives you that nervous energy. And if you don't burn that nervous energy because you're just being worrying and anxious about something, it causes all kinds of problems. It causes heart, heart problems. It causes forgetfulness, I read. It, it causes all kinds of things. But the main thing that I think would really affect us right now, you know what it does? It weakens your immune system. If you've been keeping up with COVID-19, the last thing you want right now is a weakened immune system. You want your immune system to be above par. You want it to be better than average. You want your immune system to be ready if you do contract this virus. And to do so means quit worrying about absolutely everything and trust the Lord on a daily basis. That anxiety and that worry and that, that anxiousness that you have is actually depleting the thing that God has given you to fight this. So why do we do that? And go on, go on You notice there in verse 28. He says, and why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the fields grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. He's saying, quit worrying yourself sick with, with, with all these things. But also, why, what about clothes? You're even worried about your clothes. You notice the, the, the flowers, they don't. Now, he's, when he says that, he's talking about making clothes and such as that. I don't think any of us really, very, very few of us anyway, are worried about whether we have clothes or not. We're just more worried about do they match when we go out. Now, not me. My wife says none of my stuff ever matches. In fact, I was expecting comments about the plaid and the tie. You didn't make any today, but anyway. (laughs) But yet, what does God say? Why are you worried? Even if you don't have the clothes, you'll be fine and beautiful in what I give you. You'll be presentable in the clothes that I give you. That's why we have said from day one that I've came to this church many, many, many years ago. I don't care what people wear. They wear what God gives them to wear. God cares about what's on the inside. It's not what's on the outside of a man that defiles him, but every word that proceedeth out of his mouth. Who is that person within it's not about the clothes. Sure, I'll, I'll wear what I can to, to honor God. But if you was to walk in, and, and we've had many folks come in right out of the fields. I remember Pat used to come in right out of his hay field to come to church and get back on it. In fact, he drove that big tractor to church sometimes. And that was great because he cared about what was on the inside because he knew God cared about what was on the inside. Folks, what I'm trying to say this morning most of us have pantries that are full and our closets are just as full, but yet we worry that we don't have enough. And those worry minds, they destroy who we are. They destroy the power that God has given us. In the midst of COVID-19 and all that's going on in America right now, worry should be the last thing we should be doing because it's destroying our immune system. We should just be looking to the Lord and you say, well, pastor, this all sounds well and good. This sounds great, but how can I quit worrying? Look at all the people who are passing away from this. Look at our first responders that are having to deal with this. Look at all the people and families that are going at one another because of all this now. Husbands and wives and children and, and parents are coming in, attacking one another because you should be doing this or you should be doing that or you need to do this or you need to do that. When in reality, we need to stop. And what does he say here in, in verse 33? He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Do not have a double mind, in other words. Yes, these things are real. And when they, 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 these are true concerns, and you care about your loved ones. You care about having enough to eat and clothes to wear. You care about these things, yes. But seek first not those things or those people, and seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be given unto you. In other words, get rid of the double mind, and I'll take care of the the peripherals. Put your faith and your focus on me, and we'll do what we've been called to do. Now, you say, well, pastor, how do I do that? I would say that you study, you put your faith in the Lord, and, and where it comes... It does come, but I'm not saying it goes away. I'm saying you learn to manage it. How do you manage it? Every time Satan brings that worry up, whatever it may be, go outside and look at the birds. Go out and look at the flowers. Go out and notice that the sky is still standing above us regardless of how many people tell you the sky has fallen. Go out and see that God is still on the throne. The birds know it. The flowers know it. The sky knows it. The very rocks will cry out if we choose not to. If the whole world knows it, why don't those who are truly have been chosen by God to stand in his presence, to be the adopted heirs to the throne? Why don't we know that? I was accused this week of just arrogantly stepping out on my faith. Folks, I had to think about that, am I? I don't want to ever be holier than thou. And then I thought, you know, I'm not arrogant that I trust that my God has the whole world in his hands. If anything, I thought, and I went back and said, I'm the opposite. Because I know I am nothing without him. When I start thinking I'm something, is when I start focusing on the things to worry about to keep me in a position of something. He's everything. How do we get through this trial in our lives? How do we get through the loss of loved ones? How do we get through all the doom and gloom? By focusing on the fact that my God's still in control. And that when worry starts to seep into my life, which it will and it does. Choose to go out and look at the birds and remember what God said. They don't worry about tomorrow. They live for today. And even in the midst of COVID-19 and the rain and everything yesterday, we opened the back door. I had the back door open, Sherry and I was playing a game. And you know what I noticed with the rain? I heard birds still singing in the rain. And I sat there thinking, if they can sing in the rain, then I won't get so mad that she beat me. But I'm just kidding. She did, though, actually. Uh, You have to let them win every once in a while. But anyway. (laughs) In other words, I should start worrying? No, I'm not. (laughs) In all seriousness, guys, what we're doing right now, laughter, enjoying one another. Enjoy the life God has given you. Don't allow others to put you into those worry traps. Don't allow your mind to be divided. Focus, as Jesus said, on what's important. And he'll provide all those extra peripheral things. Focus on who he is. That is the triumphal entry that we can have is let him enter into the field of our worry and show us the way out to show us that he negates the traps that Satan sets. And because of him, I can do all things, which means walk through this field, this worry mind that Satan has put in front of me with my head held high, not because of who I am, because of who he's claimed me to be his child his son folks this morning this the message is really simple hard to apply the simplicity is in the midst of the darkest storm you ever walked into to your closet and it's so dark but all you got to do is reach up and pull the little string or flip the little switch and all of a sudden, all that darkness disappears and there's all your clothes and all the, your wife's clothes or whatever it may be. But there's beauty. You see clearly. I'm telling you, in the midst of this darkness, reach up and flip the switch. Let God's Shekinah glory shine in your life again. Let that light illuminate who you are really. You're not just a biological piece of mass taking up space on this earth. God's called us more than just to exist. He says to live. Go forth and proclaim my name go out there and walk the streets, beating the highways and the byways, inviting them to this wedding supper, because we're going to celebrate one day. We're going to stand in his presence. We're going to proclaim his praises. We're going to stand before the throne, not because of who I am, but because of what he has done. Because we're going to celebrate next week when that stone was rolled away, he was no longer in the tomb. He had defeated death, burial, and the grave, and he walked for 40 days amongst the people to remind them and show them that where I go i will be there with you to prepare a place for you as david read a while ago folks he is the way the truth and the life not just to salvation but through this field of worry that we find ourselves in right now he is still the way the truth and the life all you got to do is put your focus on him And I was told that I'm being audacious because I just want to promote the building. Guys, let me tell you, everybody that's watching by live stream, you can do the same thing wherever you're at. This building is a building. Anyone who truly knows me knows I've said that a million times. The church are his people, congregated together, proclaiming his righteousness. And when our mind is not double, a double-minded, when we're not split-minded and focused correctly, we're going to see him. And the peripherals are just that, peripherals. Now, to do all that, you have to know Jesus Christ. He said, I go so I may send the comforter, the helpmate. Who's the helpmate? It's the Holy Spirit that abides and lives within us to show us that pathway. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I don't mean a mental one, There are a lot of folks who stand behind pulpits who have a whole lot of knowledge of this book. But what good is knowledge if you don't have direction? You've got to have that Holy Spirit to give you understanding of the knowledge you contain. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would submit to you this morning that he stands at the door and knocks, and any man who will open up, he will come in. Why do I say that? Because he said. He told us that. There is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. But he became our propitiation, our substitute. And he said, whomsoever believes in me and confesses my name and believes I rose from the dead three days later, so shall he be saved. Where are you this morning? Do you just have a head knowledge or have you professed him truly as Lord? And if you have, And I would say, put the worry in his hands. Isn't it great we have a Lord that doesn't just say go. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you either. Give it all unto me. Folks, you can leave out of here with your head high and a peace in your heart. Because the Prince of Peace resides within if you know him. It's your decision today what you choose to do. If you leave leave out of here worrisome and anxious just understand that my God's still there and he's telling you if you'll give it to me I'll take it be as the birds where are you this morning I'm going to ask us all to stand I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer if God's telling you to come this altar you can come pray at this altar I'll pray with you brother Ray will pray with you with you yeah you like that with you but will you do what the, God, the Lord's calling you to do this day? It's not about me. It's not about First Baptist Church. You know, we had over a, a Sunday afternoon. I haven't looked at it since Sunday afternoon. We had over a 1,000 views of the service last week. All 1,000 of them people, wherever they're at, can do the exact same thing I'm asking you to do right now. Just get on your knees before the Lord and trust him. Where are you this morning? Father God, I just come before you and thank you that we still live in a country where we can openly and freely proclaim you as Lord and Savior. But God, even if not, doesn't change the fact that you are still Lord and Savior of our lives. God, I just pray your will to move amongst your people. Not just in this building, but every heart that has truly surrendered itself to you. May they Release the shackles of these traps, of these worry traps. May they go back to realizing and recognizing that you're in control and that we can be as the birds. I don't have to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I choose to worry, am I doing what you've called me to do today? May your will be done in the hearts of your people, Father God. And may you speak to us clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we sing, if God's telling you to sing, sing. If he's telling you to get on your knees, get on your knees. If he's telling you to, to, to pray, pray. But let's give this next couple minutes to the Lord this morning. Chris.
1: Sin is righteousness alone, faultless the stand before.
0: Amen. Amen. If he is Lord of all this morning, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you believe it this morning, say amen. 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 Guys, I pray that you will take this message out into the highways and the byways and remind people that just as the birds of the air and the flowers of the ground still proclaim his righteousness, so can you. In the midst of whatever the darkness may be, Christ is that cornerstone that we can cling to. Amen. May your, your heaven, may your sanctuary of your heart be built off that cornerstone to be square with his word. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Keep looking up in all that you say you can do. And guys, give God glory every day. I don't care what the news says. Give God glory. This is a day the Lord hath made. Therefore, I shall rejoice in Hallelujah. Brother Ray, will you close us, brother?
1: Yes, I am. I've my own words that I may most do, I may come. Simply through your son, the sinless and exalted one. Only through the cross and by. may So that you will receive all glory to your name, everlasting God, from age to age you never change, a true love story remains for our eternity.